Grizz Next Gen is now Grizz, hopefully, here to stay. The Grizzlies get their first playoff series win in this new generation of the Grizzlies, and now they turn right around and get ready for game one of the Western Conference semifinals against the Warriors. What worked against the Timberwolves, what has to be better against the Warriors, and how the Grizzlies can get an advantage in game one, all on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Here we go. Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome one and all to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, a special Sunday edition, but it certainly is special as the Memphis Grizzlies have now won a playoff series, beating the Minnesota Timberwolves late Friday night in another game where the Grizzlies had to come back late, but once again showed why they are one of the best teams in the NBA getting the job done against a very good Minnesota Timberwolves team with a very bright future. But now is what matters, and the Grizzlies are moving on from a series win. they got to turn right back around and get ready for game one later today against the Golden State Warriors. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Of course, it would be nice if I would have my name there, and voila! There we go. Sean Coleman here at StatsSAC. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz. My co-host, Michael Cole, will be with me this week. You can find him at Demichael C. Of course, you can find the show wherever podcasts are available, free on all platforms, Make sure you hit that subscribe button here on YouTube as well. Again, I've been covering the Grizzlies now for four years. Credential media member with the team, your co-host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every single day. So there wasn't a lack of drama <laughs> in, the, in the Grizzlies. Um, four to two series win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I understand the narratives that people were saying. The Timberwolves played like the better team for much of the series. The Timberwolves, you know, were a tough matchup for the Grizzlies. That is true. You know, the Timberwolves choked all this different stuff. But at the end of the day, the thing that I'll say is this, is that the reasons why the Grizzlies is a two seed versus Minnesota as a seven seed, the reason why the Grizzlies won 10 more games in the regular season than the Timberwolves did was shown. It showed it, the, the difference between these two teams, the advantages that the Grizzlies had coming into this series. It's why the Grizzlies won the series. The performance of Desmond Bain, allowing for the three-point differential to not be that great between Minnesota and Memphis. The depth, Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones, pieces that the Grizzlies could use that the Timberwolves did not have, and the overall defensive adjustments that the Grizzlies could make that the Timberwolves just don't have right now, the you know players, the personnel to be able to make, those made a difference. It didn't happen for much of the first three quarters of the game, but a plus 62 in the fourth quarter, the largest point differential in a fourth quarter in playoff series history, that's what the, allowed the Grizzlies to get it done. Think of it this way. In the history of the NBA playoffs, there have been 50 times, 50, 50, 50 total times that an NBA team was down by 10 or more points entering the fourth quarter and came back and won the game. Only 50 times. The Grizzlies and Celtics are the only team in M teams in NBA playoff history to do it four times. Now, we're talking about the absolutely historic history 
for lack of a better way of putting it, of the Celtics. They've only come back from being down 10 or more points going into the fourth quarter four times. The Grizzlies have done it four times. But the thing about the Grizzlies, no team in NBA history has come back from being down 10 or more going into the fourth quarter three times in one entire playoff run. In one entire playoff one, the Grizzlies did it in one series. That's how rare, that's how spectacular the Grizzlies' ability to come back in this series was. And the big thing about it is this, and I've stated it before, the Grizzlies coming back in these games, the Grizzlies putting up that point differential in the fourth quarter, sure, you could talk about Minnesota's inability to close games, but I feel like that the Grizzlies implementing their adjustments, their defensive adjustments, that had more to do with the comebacks than people may want to give the Grizzlies credit for. For instance, Game 5, Taylor Jenkins putting Dylan Brooks on Carl Anthony Towns and limiting him for the rest of the game for the Grizzlies to come back. The Grizzlies being able to get boards, basically via Brandon Clark, in the fourth quarter of games. That helped out. Jeremy Jackson Jr. being on the court to make his defensive presence felt. That helped out. The Grizzlies had a significant point advantage in the second in the fourth quarters, because they started moving the ball more, they took care of the basketball, they created turnovers, and they made defensive adjustments to make the difference. So at the end of the day, though it may not have been as in as convincing a style as many may have liked, the reason why the Grizzlies were the number two seed and the Timberwolves were the number seven seed, it showed up when it mattered. In that fourth quarter, the Grizzlies were able to win the games by implementing their style of basketball, a style of basketball that led them to the second best record in the NBA. And we also came to know the importance of four players in this series. Four players, two players who we certainly thought were going to be important, but also two other players who showed just how important they will be. Number one is Brandon Clark. I mean, excuse me, um, is Desmond Bain. We'll get to Brandon Clark in just a moment. Desmond Bain was absolutely outstanding. 27 points from the or 27 threes overall, average over 24 points a game, 48 percent from three, did a very good job along with Dylan Brooks in helping to limit D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards after game one in the series. So great two-way basketball from Desmond Bain. That absolutely stood out as being the difference maker, especially his three-point shooting. Desmond Bain's three-point shooting, especially on the road, really allowed the Grizzlies to stay within enough to distance, to keep that distance close enough between the Timberwolves' ability to shoot the three and the Grizzlies' ability to shoot the three to where it didn't make that big of a difference and the Grizzlies could get the series win. But for the heroics of Desmond Bain, we also come to the struggles of Jaron Jackson Jr. And obviously, the thing that stands out is that the two times that he was able to stay on the court in the fourth quarter or through most of the game, the Grizzlies won. The Grizzlies won the game two. They're about 28 points, the largest playoff victory that they've ever had, and they were able to win game six. They were able to close it out because Jaron Jackson Jr. was able to contribute on both ends of the court. That has to remain a huge, huge advantage for the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. has to remain on the court at all times for, uh, for the Grizzlies to be able to continue to find success in this series. But of course, we talk about two important factors. Desmond's offense and three-point shooting, the contributions he can make on defense. Jaron Jackson Jr.'s defensive dominance, contributions he can make on offense. But the other key factors were Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark being an absolute alpha 
when it came to the paint, both with his, his efficiency scoring, his ability to rebound, his ability to be used in different ways when it came to defense, that certainly stood out. But also Tyus Jones, not only distributing, not only playing pretty good defense, but his three-point shooting. He was the Grizzlies' second-best three-point shooter, making huge three-point shots in both the third and sixth game of the series. So it was an absolute personnel masterpiece at times by Taylor Jenkins, utilizing the lineups that he had. He went with lineups that he should have. He went with lineups that were more of, you know, just, you know, gut reactions. But in both cases, they worked. They worked well enough for the Grizzlies to win the series. And it was going on without the Grizzlies leader, John Morant, really having his best series. Now, there are valid reasons why Jaw certainly struggled. The Timberwolves being a good defensive team against him, he's probably still not at 100%. And, and just overall, the Timberwolves just did a great job of being able to stack the paint. But Jaws passing, the overall shooting of the team, and the overall individual contributions of Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones, those all made a difference in getting this series win. And the Grizzlies certainly need for all those things to continue as we move on to Golden State. Before we get to Golden State, though, do want to talk with you a bit about Bilt Bar. Listen, the whole thing about Memphis and Golden State is going to be options. Which option can step up and support Steph Curry? Which option can step up and support John Morant in this series? Well, if you like having plenty of options when it comes to choices for you to make that will impact your day, why not check out Bilt Bar? Bilt Bar has over 18 different flavors to choose from when it comes to its bars, when it comes to its puffs, having it in the morning for breakfast and the afternoon as a snack. If you go to Bilt.com right now, you put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Bilt Bar. Try out Bilt.com today. Put in the promo code LOCKED15 get 15% off your next order. Of course, we can't thank you enough for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, but want to remind you, how about Locked On Titans, the NFL draft, just concluded this weekend. The Titans made some huge moves away from the drafts and some huge moves in the drafts, but all in all, you want the latest when it comes to the reaction to your favorite team's draft class, check out the Locked On NFL podcast of your choice as your second listen of the day after Locked On Grizzlies. So here we go. The Grizzlies have done what was expected of them. I, I've talked all year long about how I felt that a successful season for the Grizzlies, I already thought that it was going to be a successful season no matter what. But the fact that the, the Grizzlies now, they've accomplished that next step up. Taylor Jenkins and Jaws' first year, it was just having a chance at the playoffs. Second year, it was making the playoffs and at least showing they belonged. This year, after taking a leap to the second-best record in the league, it was winning a playoff series, and they've done that. This is now a successful year for the Grizzlies. But the key to that is this. Who cares right now? Who cares? At the end of the day, it's great to be in that position, but you never have a better chance than you do in the present. And that's what the Grizzlies should be focused on and taking an opportunity to take on the Warriors. Now, another thing that I've said on a pretty consistent basis is that the Timberwolves are to the Grizzlies as the Grizzlies are to the Golden State Warriors. And what I mean by that is this, is that when you look at those three teams, there are different tiers when those teams are fully healthy. The Timberwolves are here, the Grizzlies are here, and I'll just go ahead and say the Warriors are there. I think that the Warriors do have a higher ceiling than the Grizzlies just because of pedigree, just because of overall skill, 
you know, things such as that. I do think that the Warriors on paper and, you know, playing right now, I think the Warriors are a bit better team than the Grizzlies. But why I make that comparison, why I say the Timberwolves are to the Grizzlies as the Grizzlies are to the to the Warriors is the fact that even though the Warriors may be, have a higher ceiling as a team, the Grizzlies are a very tough opponent for the Timberwolves or for the Golden State Warriors. The Grizzlies' ability to create turnovers, the Grizzlies' ability to make Steph Curry work harder than he does against most other teams, the Grizzlies' overall ability to rebound and get out on the run. Those are three things that really could give the Grizzlies an advantage in this series. I mean, just look at the fact that the Grizzlies over the past two years in regular season games are four and three versus the Warriors. And that also, you know, doesn't include the fact that the Grizzlies won the play-in game as well. You know, John Morant going into Golden State and being able to lead the Grizzlies to victory to make the playoffs last year. I know that very, very little of that matters. The, the, the Grizzlies now and the Warriors now are far better products of themselves than the two teams that played in that play-in tournament. But it doesn't change the fact, in my opinion, that the Grizzlies remain a very tough matchup in this series for the Tim- for Golden State. But the thing that also stands out is this, is that Golden State, there's a reason why they're the number three seed in the West. There's a reason why they arguably are playing better than any other Western Conference um, contender right now. They're healthy, they've got depth, their defense is showing, and their overall ability to play balanced offense is also showing as well. In the season matchup, what you would expect to stand out stood out as to why the Grizzlies and the Warriors were able to win their games. For the Warriors, it was the three-point shooting. He was doing a very good job of limiting anybody not named Desmond Bain. And for the Grizzlies, it was the ability to create turnovers and get extra shots. For instance, one of the best examples of the Grizzlies being able to show that they could be a tough matchup for the Warriors, you just need to go back to the fourth game of this season. On a night where they lost a disappointing game to, or on a night after the Grizzlies had lost a disappointing game to the Portland Trailblazers, they were getting soundly beat again in the first half against the Warriors. But then DeAnthony Melton, Jaron Jackson Jr., the Grizzlies played one of their more dominant defensive halves of the season and were able to come out with a victory in the fourth game of the season. But you also go back to later on in the year where Steph Curry had, I believe, 45 points, 10 threes, showed his dominance. The Grizzlies were still in it, but but they never were truly a threat to the Warriors in that game. So at the end of the day, the Grizzlies are a very tough matchup for the Warriors, but it comes down to them preventing the Warriors from having multiple players go off with Steph Curry. Because one thing that does stand out in this, the Grizzlies, though it was mainly last year, the Grizzlies have had a tough time with Andrew Wiggins and with Jordan Poole, you know, in the past. And the other big, big thing that stands out, despite how much I've mentioned over the past two years, the Grizzlies have been a very good matchup against the Warriors. The Warriors have never had their full strength in place like they do now. That includes Jordan Poole playing at the level that he has, Draymond being in the lineup, Clay Thompson being in the lineup, even if neither one of those players are who they were previously. They still are absolutely factors. And then when you put the fact that they're all together with Steph and Wiggins and pulling the depth that the Warriors have, that is certainly, this is a version of the Warriors the Grizzlies have not faced yet. Now, I don't think that's necessarily something that's going to make, you know, this and 
inevitable tasks that the Grizzlies cannot take on or that they're not going to be able to overcome this obstacle, I do think the Grizzlies have a very good chance to win this series. My point is, though, is that a reason why the Warriors, this version of the Warriors, is better than anything the Grizzlies have seen is because they're fully healthy and these players know how to complement each other more than they did in the past. But a couple of other things that do stand out, a couple of other things that the Grizzlies are going to have to shore up. The Grizzlies are going to have to get up, get off to better starts in this series than they did against Minnesota. The reason why, as deep as this team is, as deep as the Warriors team is, they're going to have the depth to match up with the Grizzlies more than Minnesota did. As I mentioned, Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones were huge reasons why the Grizzlies came back in these games. They can still be huge factors in this series, but the Warriors are going to have players to the caliber of a Tyus or a Clark that the Timberwolves did not have. So the Grizzlies getting off to strong starts because the depth in this series is going to be more evenly matched, that absolutely is a key for this series. The other thing that stands out is that the Grizzlies are going to have to have Jaron Jackson Jr., on the court as much as possible. This Grizzlies team is not going to be able to have as much success, I don't feel, playing the Warriors defensively if Jaron Jackson Jr. is not involved. I do think that the Grizzlies can match up, not necessarily to where they're going to stop the Warriors completely, but I do think they can make life tough on the Warriors at times even if the Warriors go to a death lineup of Clay and pull and step on the perimeter. If you want to make the argument that that offensive trio for the Warriors is going to be able to do, you know, it has a, still can do a good job against the Grizzlies perimeter defense, that's fine. But at the very least, the Grizzlies perimeter defense can make the Warriors work hard enough to where I still think the Grizzlies have a chance. But the only way that they have the ability to do that is if Jaron Jackson Jr. stays on the court. Now, one thing that could play into the Grizzlies' favor is not necessarily that the war that the Warriors are not as good offensively as the Timberwolves. That's not the case. But they don't have a direct threat like a Carl Anthony Towns to take to Jaron early in games to where the Grizzlies are going to have to consistently protect the rim, perhaps, like they did against Carl Anthony Towns. That may not necessarily be there against the Warriors because Draymond himself is not an individual scoring threat. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The Warriors are better offensively in terms of consistency than the Timberwolves. The Warriors also can certainly get to the rim and Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have to stay disciplined. But that direct big body going to the rim consistently like we saw the Timberwolves have, the Warriors may not necessarily do that. So there could overall be the ability for Jaron Jackson Jr. to have less uh, to have less opportunities to actually foul. As a matter of fact, in four games over the past two years that Jaron Jackson Jr. has played against the Warriors, he has committed 16 personal fouls, but he also has been able to play 28 and a half minutes in those four games. So Jaron Jackson Jr.'s ability to stay on the court, it may have a bit of a better opportunity due to the style of the Warriors versus the style of the Timberwolves, and that certainly will be a big difference maker for the Grizzlies if he could stay on the court. But the other thing that's going to be huge for the Grizzlies in this series is the ability to move the basketball. Over the past two years, John Morant, 40.7% from the field against the Warriors. Dylan Brooks, 38.6% from the field against the Warriors. Jaron Jackson Jr., 38.9% from the 
from the field against the Warriors. J- Tyus Jones, 34.3%. The point that I'm getting at is, is that the Warriors have done a very good job defending the Grizzlies when it comes to their field goal opportunities, more so than other teams have. Desmond Bain has found success. The Anthony Melton, who I'll get into in a moment, has found success. But a lot of the Grizzlies' biggest players have struggled against the Warriors. So moving the basketball and taking care of the basketball and finding as many best shot results on as many possessions as possible, that's going to be huge for the Grizzlies in this series. But the other big key, and the biggest key of all, there's going to be multiple times where the Grizzlies are going to need John Morant to be John Morant, especially like he did in the playing game last year. Again, both teams are better than they were, much better than they were now versus where they were last year. But the thing that has not changed is that John Morant certainly has the ability to score and score at will at times against this Golden State defense. If Gary Payton Jr., who I think is going to be a big factor as well, his three-point shooting or lack thereof is probably going to be a huge factor in this. I know Joe Mullinax and others have pointed that out over at Grizzly Bear Blues. He's going to be a huge factor, a role player factor for Golden State. But if John Morant can find success, if he can be John Morant, we saw the difference he made in a few of the fourth quarters in the games against the Timberwolves. If he can do that and the Grizzlies can work off that pass in the basketball, they're going to have a better chance than I think people may give them. But a couple of other things that really stand out for this Grizzlies team is even though there may be a bit of odds stacked against them when it comes to scheduling in the first game, which is later on today, I do think that a few important factors can really play into the Grizzlies' favor if they just simply play their style of basketball. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we do, listen, a lot of things can change on a regular basis when it comes to the odds of a series. We saw that in the first round of the playoffs. But I can tell you this, one thing that doesn't change is probably your desire to make betting and wagering on sports as easy and simple as possible. You can find that at betonline.net. If you go to betonline.net, whether it be your mobile device or your laptop, betonline.net is going to provide you the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all the sports you love. Listen, you've got NBA playoffs, baseball, boxing, UFC, soccer, all the sports you love to bet and wager on, They're all at betonline.net. If you check out betonline.net today, you're going to find that it's very easy and simple for you to bet on all the sports that you love anytime that you want to. Check out betonline.net today. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, Michael Cole will be back with me and we'll make sure to discuss the reactions to game one. What adjustments will the Grizzlies need to make, hopefully after getting a win, but if it results in a loss, that's perfectly fine. What Changes will need to be made before game two for the Grizzlies to make the most of their home court advantage to start this series off. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So before we get into the actual game, what's going to make a difference in this game? I do think that it's relevant to discuss the fact that the Grizzlies won game six on Friday night. They now, as the number two seed, have to turn around 38 hours later and play game one of the second round. If you want to point out that that may not be the most fair development, I can certainly understand it. But I think that the Grizzlies have more going for them that makes that less of a factor. Because consider this. Yes, turning around less than 48 hours since winning one series to start the other, especially when you have home court advantage, that may not be the most ideal. 
But the Grizzlies have only played, this will only be the third time that the Grizzlies have played basketball over the past eight days. So they got they they got they got a, some good rest between game four and game five against the Timberwolves in game five and game six. They're, they should be perfectly fine when it comes to rest. But the other thing that stands out is this, is that the Grizzlies will be playing today at 2.30, and then they'll turn around and they won't play again until 8.30 on Tuesday. And then after that, they won't turn around and play again until Saturday. So the Grizzlies have had opportunities to rest before, and they'll have opportunities to rest after this game. In other words, they're going to be just fine, I feel, when it comes to the rest factor of things. But let's talk about what if they lose game one? which I don't think is as big of a likelihood as some feel, especially if the Grizzlies can implement a few strategies that I'll discuss in just a moment. But consider this. If the Grizzlies were for some reason to maybe fatigue is a bit of a factor today, if the Grizzlies were not to prevail in game one, okay, that, that's fine. What happened in the series against Minnesota? The Grizzlies lost game one, came out and played arguably the best playoff game they played in, in franchise history. And if the Grizzlies get three days of rest before going to Golden State in game three, the Grizzlies aren't scared to go to Golden State. Look at what they did in the play-in game last year. Look at what they did earlier this year. Coming back from, I believe, nearly 15-20 down against Golden State in the second half. The Grizzlies' road warrior mentality has stood out in this playoff so far. They drop game one against Minnesota. What do they do? They go on the road and twice in three games come back from 10 or more down to win playoff games, including a series clincher. And in the other game they lost, they only lost by one point. So this Grizzlies team is going to have plenty of rest before and after game one. And they're going to have plenty of opportunities because they're fearless when it comes to playing on the road. If the Grizzlies were to, for some reason, not prevail in game one, at the end of the day, it's going to mean very little if the Grizzlies show the resiliency that they have all season. But here's another factor that may be out there for discussion purposes. The Grizzlies are perfectly set up to also win game one. And the reason why that is, is because the Grizzlies need to make a few adjustments, need to make a few adjustments for them to be able to be in a good spot. Number one is a strong start, as I mentioned. The Grizzlies need to get off to a strong start, moving the basketball, hitting threes, getting extra possessions from offensive rebounds. I know Steven Adams is not going to be playing in this first game, obviously due to health and safety protocols, but the Grizzlies still have the opportunity to be the better rebounding team in this series. And if they can do it early on, matching, getting extra possessions with good offensive balance, I certainly think that they can make a difference. Another thing that will stand out is the Grizzlies' ability to create turnovers. And here's why. Here's why I think DeAnthony Melton's presence could still be a factor, should still be a factor. I know we won the series against Minnesota without DeAnthony Melton. But if you can get DeAnthony Melton going, his three-point shooting and turnover-causing ability on defense, he can stand out against the Warriors. All that I ask for you to do is go back and look at the role DeAnthony Melton played in the fourth game of this season. I get it. Melton's shooting's not been there. He was out of the rotation against the Timberwolves. I know others talk about Melton as well, but I am fully convinced 
that if DeAnthony Melton simply has the trust of the coaching staff to go out and play his game, he can be a factor and a needed factor to help the Grizzlies win this series. Obviously, we've talked about Jaron Jackson Jr. staying on the court. Obviously, we've talked about John Morant being John Morant. But another factor in this is Dylan Brooks. If the Grizzlies can get a performance from Dylan Brooks like he showed in Game 6 and and Game 1 of this series versus what he showed in between, if we can get Game 1 and Game 6, Dylan, from the Timberwolves series in this series, that's going to be a huge factor. I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to shoot, what, 65% from three like he did in those two games combined. But a Dylan Brooks that is making smart decisions on offense, making smart shots, making smart passes if the shot's not there, moving around, being able to use his ability to penetrate, to create pressure on the Warriors' defense. That will certainly be a big factor, especially if Jaw is still not himself. But the other key factor is this a disciplined Dylan Brooks on defense. While Jaron Jackson Jr., due to the style changes between the Warriors, who are more of an outside-oriented, perimeter-oriented team, since they don't have a player like a Carl Anthony Towns, if the Warriors offer a chance for Jaron Jackson Jr. to find an easier time to stay on the court, the counter to that is Dylan Brooks may have a harder time because of all the action that the Warriors do, because of all the different passing that they do, their perimeter pressure that they can put on it, Dylan Brooks being able to stay on the court at all times by staying out of foul trouble, that'll be a huge factor as well, and also him playing smart offensive basketball. the end of the day, the Grizzlies, especially being at the FedEx Forum, there are ways that they certainly can get this done. I understand that the Warriors are the favorite, but if the Grizzlies can set their tone early, good offensive balance, causing turnovers, getting out in transition, getting extra possessions, and also complementing it with threes, they very much have it on their have it in their ability to take game one. They could certainly do it. My overall point is that regardless of today's result, as long as the Grizzlies play a good game of basketball and they're finding that the need, things they need there to beat the Warriors are in place, yes, you want to win, But even if it's a loss, I don't think that's going to be as big of a factor as some may think because of the resiliency of this team. Start strong. Let jaw be jaw. Find good offensive balance. Play good defense. Keep Jaron and Dylan on the court. Those are the factors that I think allow for the Grizzlies to win game one. And also, if we can find solid contributions, if Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark are still playing like they are, all to them. But if you can find some minutes for DeAnthony Melton, I think the Grizzlies will be satisfied as well. So it'll be a great day at the FedEx Forum. A huge weekend for the Grizzlies. They certainly have the ability. This team knows what they need to do to compete and beat the Warriors. They have the motivation of knowing that they made the adjustments against a team that matched up very well against them in the first series of the playoffs. Now the Grizzlies simply need to make sure they start off games playing their style of basketball and I think that they can find some success. At the end of the day, yes, the Warriors are the favorite in this series, but I do think that if the Grizzlies can find more consistency playing their style of basketball, they're going to make this a very competitive series, and I do definitely think there's a very good chance they can get the win in this series as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be back with you for tomorrow's Locked on Grizzlies, re-looking at game one of the series. My name's Sean Coleman. I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.